0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text this Sunday, the seventh Sunday of the Easter season, is our Old Testament reading, Ezekiel chapter 36. Our churches teach that people cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merit, or works. People are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith. These words from the Augsburg Confession, short of the Holy Scriptures, are our bread and butter in the Lutheran Church. We teach, according to the holy and true word of God, that people cannot be saved, we cannot receive forgiveness from God, based upon our own good works or anything that is within us. Instead, we are saved freely and purely by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, faith which itself is a work of the Holy Spirit. In other words, our salvation, is based entirely upon God's actions alone. It has only come about because He Himself decided to act on our benefit, or for our benefit. And this is something, of course, that we gladly confess this Easter season. This truth, that the actions of God alone bring about our salvation, is found throughout the Scriptures. But our text today from the prophet Ezekiel, is a very good example. Here, the Lord promised to bring His people into their own land. He promised to cleanse them from all their uncleanness and to dwell among them as their God. He wouldn't do these things because of their worthiness, but because of His own love. All His people ever do is profane the name of the Lord. Therefore, he himself acts to vindicate his name and provide forgiveness to his people, ourselves included. The text opens with the Lord speaking to his people. He said, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. The context of our Lord's words is that he is speaking of the exile of the children of Israel, both about what it brought about and what will bring it to an end. By now, the destruction of Jerusalem should be a topic that we're, we're aware of. Both the destruction by the Romans in the New Testament era, and then the destruction by the Babylonians in the Old Testament. The reason for both was the same, the unfaithfulness of God's own people. For generations, they lived in violence among themselves, idolatry and adultery, and so on. Every evil thing that God's people saw in the world, they adopted and embraced. And the result was that God's name was profaned. And the catechism teaches us what it means to profane the name of God. The small catechism says, God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we as the children of God also lead holy lives according to it. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God, makes his name unholy. And such was the behavior of the children of Israel. They continually profane the name of God by their unfaithful living. And so they received the discipline of their Lord in exile. But even in exile their sinful behavior continued. They continued to profane God's name among the nations to which they came, he said. One would think that such a discipline as being forced from their own land into another, while others take and occupy their home, would bring a people to repentance. But it didn't. Instead, the people in exile continued to live adult, idolatrous, adulterous lives. They worshipped the, the sun and the moon and the stars, just like the Babylonians. They embraced the pagan way of life, all the while being known as worshippers of the God of Israel. They were supposed to live holy and decent lives in what they said and did, but when anyone looked at the children of Israel they seemed no different from the world. And that profanes God's name. We should not be claimed to be unaware of such behavior among ourselves. We also bear the holy name of God in our baptism. We too have been called out of the sinful world to be in it, but not of it. Yet we too have behaved as if That is of little consequence. Jesus said once that a little yeast leavens the whole lump. So also does a little sin infect the whole self. We too have behaved in ways that reflect poorly on our Christian name and upon our Father in heaven. We have profaned his name by living in ways that are contrary to his word. At times, we have tolerated false teaching to dwell in our hearts and upon our lips. From time to time when the Lord has disciplined us for this, we've acted as if we had done no wrong. And we've been critical of the Lord's will for our lives. There is a reason why we cannot merit salvation by our works. And it's because we are sinners. All we ever do by nature is sin and thus profane our Lord's name. It is not for your sake, God says, that I'm about to act, but for the sake of my holy name. I will take you from the nations and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I said at the start that God working for the benefit of his people is found throughout the scriptures. Now, notice here who is doing what in our text. And that's a trick they teach you at seminary. When you read a Bible text... Look at who's doing the verbs. Look at who's doing what. Here, the people profane. It's God who does the saving. Here, God speaks about the full cleansing that will come at our Lord's return on the last day. At His return, the Lord will raise His people from their graves and gather them together from all creation. Then they will be fully cleansed from all sin and from all evil, and all profaning of the Lord's name will cease. As is often the case when God speaks to the prophets, he is able to speak about more than one thing at one time. At other times, we call this idea the the now, but not yet. Now, but not yet. Here we gladly confess that the full cleansing which the Lord will work upon his people on the last day is already at work now among us. The Lord promised that he would act, and he has acted in the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because we, by nature, are incapable of doing a single good thing in God's eyes. Jesus took our human flesh upon himself. At every point where you and I have profaned the name of God among us, he hallowed it. At every point where we have transgressed, Jesus kept the law of God. As payment for all our evil deeds, Jesus took our sins into himself and bore them in his body on the tree. With his stripes, we are healed. Prophet Isaiah said. The Lord promises in this text to sprinkle clean water on his people and to place new hearts of flesh in them. Such has he done to us in our baptism. When you were baptized, you were sprinkled clean from all your sin. When the forgiveness which Christ won for you was applied to you, The Holy Spirit took out your old stony heart of sin and gave you a new heart of flesh when he created in you the gift of faith. When you fall into sin and find yourself profaning the name of God, let it be confessed and so return to the waters of your baptism anew. In this way, our baptism stands every day until the last when it shall be completed, as we are made completely pure in the resurrection. The Latin title for this Sunday is Exaudi. and comes from the introit, and it means hear. The Lord hears our cries for forgiveness and salvation. He has acted himself to bring it about through his work On our behalf, by Jesus' blood, our sins are paid for. His cleansing blood sprinkles us clean in baptism. Through baptism, we receive a new heart which lives to love and serve both God and neighbor. Let us praise the Lord who promised to act for our salvation and did. I pray that he might bless our new hearts of flesh to live faithfully in this life until we shall see him face to face in the resurrection. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.